Before we dive in to this episode, I have to tell you what is up on Patreon because I have made so many changes. I put so much into it this summer and there's so much to be had over on Patreon. So first off, you can become a member for just $5 a month or we also have a pay what you can option at $1 a month because you know, stuff is crazy out there, you guys. I get it. And here's what you get when you sign up on Patreon. One bonus episode every month, an extra episode of a book that is only for Patreon subscribers. We have also started running ads on this podcast. I held out for a long time, but finally I caved. And now that we have ads, if you don't want ads anymore, all the episodes on Patreon will go to your podcast feed without ads if you just sign up for Patreon. So all episodes from here going forward, ad free. We also have access to something called a lounge. They gave us early exclusive access. It's been awesome. So basically become a member of the Patreon. We have a cookies only chat where all cookies can talk to each other. It's like a real digital book club where you can talk about books, the episodes. We talked about the Barbie movie, like so much conversation is going on there. That is where all my focus is going as well. That is where all the conversation is happening. You also get, oh my God, there's more. You also get an email of photos that go with the episode and you get emailed that every time an episode comes up. So everything we talked about in the episode, a photo of it will be sent to you as well as the reading list for the month if you want to read along. If you love this podcast, if you want to support this podcast, join the Patreon. It's so much fun. There's so much fun to be had over there. And also we are fully independent. We run fully by your Patreon support. So consider supporting us over there for just $5 a month um, and a pay what you can option at $1. And it's linked in the show notes. It is www.patreon.com slash Chelsea Devantes. If you just want to type it in, uh, it takes two seconds. We send you a podcast feed. You get all of the bonus ad-free stuff. So easy. And um, I'll see you over there in the lounge if you join the Patreon. Today, we are book clubbing Paris Hilton's memoir, very aptly titled Paris, The Memoir. You know, it says what it is. It came out this month in March 2023. It is hot off the presses. I had an early release copy and I tore through this thing. I mean, I couldn't read it in a day only because I had, um, you know, my actual job to do. But I every second I could be reading it, I was. I, I read it in just a couple of days. I'm so excited we can finally talk about it. Now, this is actually a Patreon episode just for Patreon subscribers. And I'm telling you because I don't want you to start it and then be like, oh my God, what? But I am going to give you a much longer clip of this episode for free because I think you... I think you should hear about this book. However, this is your chance to sign up for the Patreon. Uh, so listen, it is a dollar a month if you do a pay what you can option. It's $5 a month if you want to support us a little more. We super appreciate it. It's very, 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 very easy to sign up. You just click the link in the show notes or go to patreon.com slash Chelsea You sign up. You immediately get an email with instructions of how to add our secret little feed to your podcast app. And then all the bonus episodes just come to your app just the way you normally get your podcasts. It's so very worth it. Uh, I try and make these bonus episodes really special to thank you for joining the Patreon because we are an independent podcast. This is how we function. So um, listen, Paris Hilton, you know, she created a little empire and I'm, I did not do that, but I did create a Patreon. So sign up for it to listen to the full episode. And for now, enjoy this extra long clip. I wanted to do a film to show the businesswoman I am and 
all I've accomplished because I feel like there was just so many misconceptions about me. And then during shooting, I just became so close with the director that we had this like sisterly relationship where I felt like I could open up to about anything with her. And she told me, this is so important that you tell your story because you're going to help other survivors and people want to come forward with theirs. It was, it was very difficult for me because I, it wasn't something I ever wanted to talk about in public. How are you doing with opening the valves of this? It was hard just to relive and have to remember all these traumatic experiences that I tried so hard to forget and just act like they never happened. But I've had severe nightmares since I was a teenager because of this. Basically, I, I just was trying to look like I had the perfect life and I was embarrassed for people to know. And I now know that I shouldn't be ashamed. The people who work at these places who are abusing children are the ones who should be ashamed. And I'm proud that even though I went through so much, I'm so strong and I can make it through anything. Our guest today is a hilarious comedian who makes me laugh so hard on her podcast, Absolutely Not. Her comedy tours sell out in minutes. You have seen her on the Today Show and the Netflix feature Love Hard. Please welcome Heather McMahon. Hi, how are you? I am so excited you're here. I have been trying to get you on this podcast for so long because I'm such a fan. So this is a moment for me. Well, I'm so honored. So thank you. This is fantastic. And I'm so thrilled that we got to read Paris Hilton's book. You have no idea. That was a highlight of my week. I, so, you know, I listened to your podcast. I think I heard an episode where you're like, my New Year's resolutions, like maybe to read a little more. And I said, I think Paris is Heather's vibe. So, okay. So tell me, was this book what you were expecting or not? It was absolutely not what I was expecting. And honestly, I'm not trying to blow smoke up Paris's ass right now, but I was blown away. I I really was. Yeah. I was completely, I didn't see it coming. I feel like I don't even know who this person is. I mean, now I know who she is, but before I completely misjudged, completely misjudged her. Same. And, and then from there, her parents are like, okay, you spent a year in Palm Springs, which is where it was very funny. Palm Springs with your grandma. Um, now come live with us. We now live in New York and we live in the Waldorf. We live in a Waldorf hotel, which is also like, okay, so, but you're going to get mad at this girl for like partying around the hotel that you live in. So she, she moves into the Waldorf and just starts like living it up where she's like, in the middle of New York City. And Which I don't blame her. Yeah. And it's interesting because she kept saying, like, even being young, you know, she wanted to get into modeling. And because she and her sister both, and her parents were always like, no, we want you to have absolutely nothing to do with the entertainment business, Hollywood, period. And I almost feel like if she would have started working in high school, a lot of this could have been avoided. You yeah. know what I mean? If yeah. she would have been, like, a professional kid actor or model, we could have avoided 90% of this. That's so, Yeah, it's so funny, too, because those businesses are also toxic. But she is yeah. so into work that you can see it's like she needs a community. She needed structure. She needed an outlet. And like, they just kept cutting off her outlets. And so then yeah. she and Nicole Richie, her best friend from eighth grade, um, would like go out like partying, like wherever they were, which I really loved their friendship in this book. 
I love their friendship too. And I love the fact too, and this is another reason why I just didn't think she was like that wild. She's like, yeah, I snuck out. Okay, we all snuck out in high school. We all went to a party, right? But she really didn't even like drink or do drugs until after she had gone to that crazy school. Yeah. Um, or whatever the fuck you want to call that place. Yeah. That detention center, if you will. That prison camp. Um, I, I felt like she really didn't become that party girl until after that. She was going yeah. out. She was like, I would go and drink Sprite. I just wanted the limelight. Like she just wanted to dance her ADHD out at a rave yes, somewhere yes. in like the Lower East Side. You yeah. know what it's a- Yeah. And she would tell her parents, she's like, I feel quite safe because there's a bunch of paparazzi always following us. So don't worry. I'm like documented. And I have these like sort of seven male chaperones right. everywhere I go because right. she was a, a Hilton. She was like the, what was it? The heiress, princess heiress. Like she had this like little nickname even as a teenager. And then her parents are horrified by that. And so they kidnap her. So this is, uh, I mean, the, just one of the wildest parts is that, so her parents, um, if you guys ever watch like, it's like Dr. Phil Maury, where it'd be like, bad kids got to go to way to, to yeah. prison. And basically they offered, you know, sort of like the first class option was sort of like, and by the way, parents, you don't have to drop them off these schools. We will kidnap them for a small fee in the middle of the night mm-hmm. and drag them to the school and her parents pay for that. And um, by the way, I've got to give a trigger warning this entire episode, entire episode trigger warning. We yeah. can't. So for her, she has the feeling of being kidnapped and dragged out of bed by her ankles and then looking on the hallway and seeing that her parents approved of it as she's just thrown in a van and doesn't know where she's going and they're taking her off to this camp. Yeah, that that was the most like bone chilling moment when she said, you know, obviously she, she thought she was about to be raped or, you know, she just has these grown yeah. men that are above her. And then as she was being drugged out of the house, she's screaming and she can see her parents peeking through the door and she sees them watching her. And that's when she knew like it clicked. This is some sort of like, you know, uh, get get straight program. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. Scam yeah. straight. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it is. So the schools are called CDU. And I will say I, as much as I knew about these schools, that the thing that really got me is that a man who was running a cult, yeah. murdering on the side, um, also um, raping and sexually assaulting people, but like running that cult was like, you know what I could do? I could take my cult. They always call it like the tech, you know, where they're yeah. like our cults check. He's like, I could take this tech and open a school for children with my cult technology. He gets, he's he's successful at it. They open several. He gets funding from the state, funding from programs that are supposed to go to foster kids to run these schools. And then she's like brought to this place where you have to like, there's just so much in these chapters. You would really have to buy the book. Like we could never make it through all of it, but it's like, you have to earn having shoes. You're strip searched. Your every cavity is searched. You are put in straitjackets. You scrub like floors with toothbrushes. You, I'm trying to think of the other things in it. She, I I thought the emotional aspect of like what they did. So basically, you know, it was so bizarre. It wasn't like you were going to a juvenile detention center, even like a boot camp where you're like, you know what I mean? We're going to do team building. You're going to learn about yourself. We're going to break you down and then build you up. It was like psychological warfare. She would show up at this place and then like, you know, she wouldn't even name her roommate by name. She would just call her like, what was it? Like Blonda or something. She was like, she was so fucking bland. But like, that's right. Yeah. 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 She was like the psychological warfare where they would say like, 
like, um, they had all these like catchphrases and these codes where like no one could look at you in the eye or speak to you if you were, you know, got a strike against you. What I found the creepiest was when she got there and she was taking a shower and there were grown men just watching her shower. You think about that now. And like even a juvenile detention center, it would be, if there's young women, it would be women guards. You know what I mean? There would never be a crossover of another sex watching. And she's like, these men were making comments as she's a young 14 year old or what would at the time she went in, she was what? like 16? I think she's 16. Yeah. Yeah. From 16 to 18. these grown men are fucking making comments, you know, does the carpet match the drapes while she's taking a shower? And then at night, that was what was fucking creepy. When they would do these, what were they called? Um, oh shit, what was the, 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 the emotional release sessions? The raps. The raps. Where basically Ugh. every child would just gang up on another child and just start screaming and saying the most degrading things and they would last for hours until like three o'clock in the morning where the kids are throwing up and you know, like just- what the yeah. fuck? And it was, was all this? to get confessions out of you. Yes. yes. And th- that they could use against you. And if you didn't get a confession out of someone, then you would be punished. And then you were supposed to hold each other and cuddle afterwards. Yes. Because that was like the cult. Uh, you know, it does seem like a very successful cult technology. I got to give it to him. That would break a person. And she is, I mean, and also you can really. Even though I do, I do think she worked with like a co-author, ghostwriter. She's very, very smart because she would do things like she would make up her confessions. So she would be like, "My family's a vegetarian, and I sneak and eat meat." So that the thing they would scream at her would be like, "You disgusting meat eater!" And she was like, "So that would like hurt less than something that was like real about me." I honestly, while I was reading these chapters, I was thinking to myself, if I was put in that situation, right? Because you're also going fucking crazy because you're like, yeah. I'm not even a bad kid, okay? Yeah. I have ADD. I'm not great at algebra. Fuck everybody. I thought the same thing. Like, what would my confession be, right? Like, we all yeah. have shit. But I thought, I I really tried to like empathize in that moment and be like, what would my confession be as a child? Being in there, like you said, like, yeah. well, yeah, I, I've been sneaking hot dogs. You know what I mean? Like, right. what the fuck oh my do God. you say? I would be, uh, I'm such a like, um, a, like bleeding heart. You, it's so easy to guilt me. I, in that I would be like one time I, I would tell them everything. I would yeah. tell them every single thing I'd ever done. I'd tell them all my fears about myself. Like I'd be destroyed and I'd give myself yeah. 20 minutes before I was dead. I'm like the fact to melatonin. That she, yeah. 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 <laughs> the fact that she <laughs> survived it is like such a testament to her. And also Worse stuff happens. Like they would strip her naked and lock her in solitary, which was like a two foot by two foot cell where like you did not have the room to lay down. They would do pelvic exams, but only on, this is where she uses phrases like finest girls. Like, oh, well, I was Mm -hmm. one of the finest girls. So they would do these pelvic exams, which she now knows the term as digital rape. And they would just, she was like, the men would like bring her in and like give her these exams. Oh, yeah. I, and what made me so furious is the brainwashing that the school did on her parents. All right. So say they think that they have this crazy kid, right? And you really, the, the, and she says in the book, she's like, you know, a lot of other like elite kids, if you will, had been sent to these places. Right. And she's like, and then there were, I was mixed in with like some psychopaths who like killed their parent you know, or, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Um, but she said, you know, how many times she escaped. The wild thing was, is how ballsy she is. She escaped from this place like four different times. It's and what, incredible. She's I so was like, intelligent and yeah. fearless. Yeah, it's incredible. And she would call her parents. But she said at one point that the school had, 
had wiretapped the parents' phone so that if she escaped, they would be able to like track her and find her. And I'm like, that's fucking creepy. You would think if you were a Hilton, you'd be like, I'm not letting somebody wiretap my fucking phone. Right. And then her parents would be like, oh no, they turned her in every time. Every time they took her back. Because they were like, oh, well, this will, this is the only, and her mom would say to her like, if you thought you were saving your kid, you would do it too. And thankfully Paris is like, no, I wouldn't. I would never do this. And she would beg, she would call her mom and be like, please, like, this is torture. This is hell. And they'd be like, oh, the school told us you would lie about them. Yeah. So we can't, oh, oh my God. So awful. And I loved that she would go, I have really long legs and I have big feet. And so I'm incredible at climbing fences. And so she would, she would like, listen for weeks and be like, I think the highway's that way. I think yeah. they can earn shoes this way. This day I can volunteer to do trash pickup and I'll escape through that bathroom window. And then later you can see um, in her quote unquote party years, she's like always climbing fences and jumping out of yeah. clubs and like breaking into places. And she's like, yeah, I learned it at sea One of the times when she escapes, she calls Aunt Kyle. Mm-hmm. Aunt Kyle turns her in, tells she- the cops where she is. She says that Aunt Kyle was like in her early 20s, right? So she's probably not like fully understanding this. But I think now, like, of course you didn't know, right? Everybody yeah. just thinks she's at this like wayward, like got to get, get your life together camp. But the physical abuse, the emotional abuse, the, I mean, the sexual abuse that she endured there. And then to have this bitch just running through the fucking woods, jumping over a highway. She ends up breaking into like the back of a bar, right? Yeah. And, and hiding like a under bar. a box so that yeah. until it closes. Yeah. And then they find her. And every time I would think that she was getting out, every single, like, I mean, there are four different times that she escaped. She'd say, and then the next thing I knew, I felt a big palm on the back of my neck. And it was like one of these fucking security guys found her. And every time I would literally scream, I was reading, finishing this up on a flight yesterday. And I was like, no, they (laughs) found her. No, there's a hand on the neck. No. Everyone on the plane is like, what's happening? (laughs) Like, I was just, I would just get cold chills because I was like, no, fuck. I thought she got away. Yeah, I mean, I I will say the documentary really didn't give the did not it, the gravitas of like what this is and what it took as a teenager. There's the one that is my favorite is when they know she's a runner. She's been marked as a runner, and this like yeah man and wife team of like teen teen bounty hunters like take her through the airport and like we know you're a runner. And she's like well, so she's handcuffed and she's like well, I do have to go pee. And the woman's like nice try. You're going in the stall. I'm standing outside the stall because I know you're a runner. So the woman mm-hmm. stands outside the stall. Paris lifts her long ass legs up, kicks the door open, smashes the woman in the face and like bloodies her face and goes running and looks for a safe space, which is a Hilton. The Hilton. And then, I mean, so smart though. Also yeah. smart, but not. I feel like she maybe should have gone to like a Hampton Inn. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, old yeah. by Hilton, but like adjacent. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then she gets in a cab and she gets caught again. I feel, and in my mind at first, when she ran away, like the second time, I'm like, you couldn't go to the cops and say like, I've been assaulted. Right. But I'm like, no, she's a wayward kid. She doesn't have any rights. You know what yeah. I mean? They're just going to send her back. And girls weren't, they're, no, they weren't listened listen to then. then. They're not listening to yeah. now. Like, exactly. yeah, absolutely. And, and her parents didn't even listen to her. And, oh. So, I mean, it, it was truly wild. And she never actually gets out. That's the, That was the craziest thing. Yeah. She had to finish two years of CDU programs. Um, and then the thing that I want to read is, okay, so she'd be locked in solitary and she would say, I focused on my inner empire, what I would create, who I would become. My life after Provo would be everything. Instead of numbered sweats, I'd curate a designer wardrobe and never wear the same outfit twice. Instead of bloodshot eyes and a bruised face, I'd have blush fake lashes, a seamless spray tan, and a touch of glitter on my cheekbones. Instead of shame, I would wrap myself in audacity. I would make so much money and be so successful, no one could ever have control over me again. Fuck trust, mm-hmm. fuck entitlement, fuck inheritance. I would never take another dime from my parents. My belongings, my well-being, and my body would belong to me and me alone. 
And she says that's what keeps her alive, is like designing the Paris empire. Yeah. Powerful. So and, powerful. And she said like she would close her eyes and just hear music and see color. And like she had to build this like beautiful space in her mind to survive it. Yeah. I mean, I really thought about how crazy, I mean, you, whatever. We talk about the prison system now. It's all fucked. But you think about these kids where like, you know, she had to wait till she was 18. They basically had to wait till she was 18 and she got out a couple weeks early, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, like parents, three weeks early, her parents were like, oh, you look like you're emaciated and bruised. I guess yeah. you can graduate three weeks early. And I couldn't believe like that they did, weren't allowed to like go home for at least Christmas. You know what I mean? Yeah. She said their parents came, visited, made like a weird, awkward home movie one Christmas and just like walked around her like jail cell, if you will. Then the best was when she escaped, when she went, her parents came to visit, they took her out, they were transporting her, right? Because when you, it was like three steps, right? And when you were going from the third to the last program, which the last program was at Hard Wilderness Camp, right? It was, it was Provo, right? Where Provo. it was like Provo was the worst one. You didn't want to be sent to Provo. And then they would just leave you in the woods and like you're yeah. freezing cold. Like you, they, they're not teaching you wilderness skills. She no. said that like a lot of kids died at this camp. Yeah. She listed all the kids who had died while there. Oh, fucking crazy. And her parents were the ones who came to transport her there. Right. So she begs her mom. She's like, I, you know, and, and I kept really struggling with the fact that you'd want to just shake these fucking people and be like, do you know that she's being like sexually assaulted at this fucking yeah. camp? And, um, but she said that her mom went to go take her to get highlights. Yeah. Cause she, she was like, mom, doesn't my hair look ugly? And her mom yeah. was like, that's something that we should rectify. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Exactly. That of no. all the issues. Yes. Let's not take you for a warm meal. Let's not do any of that. Let's go get some highlights. And when she went to the bathroom while she was getting her highlights done, she broke out of the window, jumped out the window, and ended up on a Greyhound bus pulling out her foils. Yeah, with, she said her, with the chemicals with like singing her scalp. She yeah. said she went into the bathroom at the Greyhound bus station, like doused her head in water, and then got on a, a Greyhound bus. Yeah. Like fucking <sighs> crazy. So why? Because she had asked her mom to not take her there. And her mom was like, you have to. So she's like, okay, then I have to escape. Oh my God. Yeah. She helps another girl break free and then has to like leave. Her. There's so much. There's so much. So okay. much. Well, she finally leaves those schools and now she's 18. She has no education. Her family had this entire life without her and they make her keep it a secret. I think this is like one of the most damaging things. She can't even say she was like, they were like, oh, she was in London studying and like riding horses. And they're like, don't say you were like a troubled teen. Yes. And then didn't they say that she was supposed to tell people that she was homeschooled? Yeah. Oh, she had a stalker. Wasn't that it? Or was Nikki? Did Nikki? Oh yeah, they're like, oh, she had a stalker. She had to like go to London. Yes. So, so that was it. Oh. She had a stalker because remember, she's such a fine girl. Yeah, the mm-hmm. finest girl. Yeah. So they said, tell everybody you had a stalker. You had to go to London. You were traveling, and we homeschooled you to keep you safe. Fuck that. No, yeah. you're getting beaten in the fucking woods. Yeah, it, it is, and and you're not allowed to talk about it. Double traumatizing. Yeah. So then she becomes the quote unquote party girl that we know her as, and. It's funny because at the time you were just like, oh, this like spoiled rich girl and rereading it. I'm like, go Paris, yes. hit that club, go to that rave. And like, she's, it's, I mean, the real revelation for me is that she's a raver, which I could have known. Like, she's obviously open about that, but I mean, she's a true rave girl. She's like, my life is so fucked up. I have to go listen to rave music for 19 All hours night. to feel yeah. free. And I'm like, oh, I fucking get it now. That was just a little bonus teaser of the full episode. Are you mad? 
Are you mad at us? And you're like, why isn't this a full episode? I get it. If you love the podcast, become a member of our Patreon. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash Chelsea Montez or just click the link in the show notes. When you become a member of the Patreon, you get one extra episode a month. It means a lot to us and it's the reason why we can keep doing great books. And thank you so much for listening and we'll see you for another episode if you go to the Patreon. 